Blessings to you, my brethren. I bless you in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Of course, you would understand that he is our soon coming King. I'm happy today. I'm happy today that God has spared my life and given me health and strength whereby I can come and share with you words from the word. There's a song we used to sing when I was much younger. The chorus, you ask me why I'm happy. So I just tell you why, because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say, my sins are gone. They are underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary. As far removed the darkness is from dawn. And the sea of God's forgetfulness, that's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. And when you think about that, listen, that brings joy, it brings peace, it brings happiness to know that your sins are forgiven and they're buried in the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against you anymore. If you are listening to my voice and you do not have this assurance that your sins are gone, you can have that today by stop what you're doing and realize that you need the Lord to forgive your sins. First of all, realize that you are a sinner and that you have sinned and come short of the glory of God and you need his forgiveness. So this makes me happy today. The songwriter, by the name of William Ogden, he wrote the song entitled, He is able to deliver me. If someone needs to be delivered, that someone can only be delivered by a deliverer who would meet two requirements. First of all, the deliverer must be able to deliver you. And then the deliverer must be willing to deliver us. And our God is willing and is able to deliver us. So William said, "'Tis the grandest theme through the ages wrong. "'Tis the grandest theme for a mortal tongue. "'Tis the grandest theme that the world ever saw. "'Our God is able to deliver thee. "'He's able to deliver thee. "'He's able to deliver thee. "'Do by sin oppress, Go to him for us, or God is able to deliver thee. There are so many people in the world today that need deliverance. Some are being fooled by others, having them to think that they could never be delivered. So long as you are in the land of the living, there is someone that is willing and able to deliver you from the course of sin. Sometimes, even when God delivers us, People look at us differently and they do not seem to have any respect for what God has done in our lives. Then sometimes, even when someone was extremely bad, I would say, sometimes we look at people and say, boy, that's a wicked sin. When such a person gives his or her life to the Lord when he comes to Jesus, that person comes with a lot of baggage. All of us come with baggage when we come to Christ. And we as believers have a responsibility to help those who are now coming to the Lord to help them to get rid of their baggage. In this series, I want to speak to you a little bit about 
loosen a brother or loosen a sister and letting her go. I am going to use the account given in John chapter 11 where the people standing there were told to remove the bandage and release their brother. And sometimes we miss this in our Christian lives also where there are those among us who would need to be released, those who would need help, and we missed it. Let me take this portion of scripture and see what we can learn from it. In John 11, 20 to 44, Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was come, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it to thee. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? She said unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which shall come into the world. And when she had so said, she went her way and called Mary, her sister secretly saying, The Master is come and calleth for thee. As soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. The Jews then, which were with her in the house, and comforted her when they saw Mary, and she rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She went unto the grave to read there. Then, when Mary was come where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. When Jesus therefore saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled, and said, Where have ye laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus went. Then said the Jews, Behold how we love him. And some of them said, Could not this man, which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused that even this man should not have died? Jesus therefore again groaned in himself, coming to the grave. It was a cave, and a stone was laid upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. And Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee that, if thou wouldest believe, thou should see the glory of God? Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always. But because of this people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth bound hand and foot, with grave clothes, 
and his face was bound about with a napkin. And Jesus said unto him, Loose him, and let him go. Today, I want to begin that series on loosen him and let him go. In other words, Jesus wanted them to remove the bandage and release their brother. Let me begin by saying for some reason that I do not know at this present time that this account just keeps coming back to me. I can't get it off my mind. When I wake up in the nights, I hear the words, loosen, let him go. Normally when these things happen to me, I really don't take them lightly. I believe it is the Lord speaking and wants me to deliver the message that I am constantly reminded of. Therefore, if you are listening to my voice, I want you to be alert and follow along with me today. Before I go any further, I want you to know that I see from this account a picture of salvation as resurrection from the dead. I see Lazarus' sickness as a picture of the last man who is sick according to Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 6. From the sole of the foot, even unto her head, there is no soundness in it, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment. I see that the unsaved man is not just sick, but has died spiritually. According to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 to 3, and you had he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins, wherein in time past ye walk according to the coast of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past, and the lust of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. In Paul's letter to the Colossians, in chapter 2, verse 13, he said, And you, being dead in your sins, and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. May I say, when a person is physically dead, he or she does not respond to things, noise, health, food, or pain. When a person is dead spiritually, there is no response to spiritual things until the Holy Spirit begins to work in his or her life. God warned Adam that the day he disobeyed him, he should surely die. In Genesis chapter number 2, verse 15 to 17, And the Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Adam died that day spiritually and died physically thereafter. Physical death is the separation of the soul and body, while spiritual death is the separation of the soul from God. This is referred to as the second death. My time is up for this morning, but I'll be back next morning and I'll build on this. And I want you to follow along with me because there's a message for each and every one of us from this text. Our Father and our God, grateful we are to you. Very grateful, Lord, that you are a forgiven God. 
Very grateful, Lord, that those who are dead in trespasses and sin, oh God, you can give life. And those of us who were dead, you have quickened. And we pray, oh God, that others would allow you to quicken them to life. We pray that you'll use these words to each and every listener, that hearts will be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. May God bless you. Please help me to share these devotions. You can never tell what God will do. Have a great day.